Welcome to Cowl Fans, a popped-off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. I'm your host, Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we're coming at you from the first Brandon studio in Tampa, Florida. We're going to jump right into our local team and their results from this past week, which mm. were not good. Mm. Right. So, Florida Mayhem played against the Seoul Dynasty this past week mm -hmm. and went 0-4 and four to, for a loss. Mm. And... I'd say the first two maps in that game, dismal, very dismal. We did not look good. We did not look competitive to the point where I was thinking maybe I should hit the panic button. But no, I did not. I did not hit the panic button mm -hmm. because as we discussed last week, this is not the game for panic buttoning. No. And um, I found my upset myself being upset early on in the week at Florida Mayhem's performance. Um, especially considering I got to really watch the first two maps and I only could really half watch them the last two maps. I had some other things going on. Um, so it like felt especially bad for me. Um, but thinking about it, like, you know, Seoul was never going to be the team. We, you, we were hoping maybe we'd have a shot. But realistically, this is never going to be the team we were going to really put up a good performance against not on our first time um, with our new roster anywho yeah it really seems like there's some big divides between different areas of the overwatch league or different ranks of the overwatch league i guess you could say like you could definitely divide it like top half bottom half for the most part i'd say top half ranges somewhere between 9 and 11 probably 11th like philadelphia fusion is like the cutoff to being a good team they're like the bottom of the good but better than the bad Okay. Um, and there just seems like if you if any of those top teams go against the bottom teams, with like the exception of a random Chengdu or Boston match, they're gonna get stomped, right? Like you could even look at the Guangzhou charge this week, destroy Chengdu. I think a four zero, if not a three one, but I'm pretty sure it's a four zero. Um, and then go on and play Seoul and look just as bad, if not worse, than the Florida Mayhem looked against them. It's fair. Granted, it was against a whole different roster. That's a whole other discussion to discuss about right. the Seoul Dynasty. But this team is like a solid, probably somewhere in like the sixth to ninth range as far as like power rankings go. It's the first week, still a little bit hard to get those Where more exact right placements. Now. Um, but this is a team that's very good, right? They're eighth, I think, in the overall standings. I think that's correct. Um, I, I, ideally, I want to see Florida Mayhem shooting to be about a 14th team. Sure. I think that's our most reasonable expectation, like the kind of differentiate ourselves as like upper bottom or lower, very lower middle. Right. Um, I think that'd be the ideal spot. So it was rough. Um, I will say that it did look like you said, you know, we did better the last two maps. We did. We subbed in Hagopun for did. the last two maps. That's and true. And that did seem like it helped us a lot. Um, those first two maps, we seemed like we were struggling more than ever with killing people and dealing damage. Right. Um, I saw a chart on Reddit during the break, and I couldn't refind it because it was during that long four-week break we had. Mm -hmm. um, but they, they showed all of the teams... Um, like healing per 10, deaths per 10, um, and all these things. And like Florida Mayhem was never at the bottom of these rankings. It was always, I think we were either fourth or fifth from the bottom, which okay. is pretty decent considering Where a, we one in, a one in 
13 season to start the first right. half, right? Um, but damage, we were like dead last. And that did not surprise me because it sure. does seem like we lacked that killing power. And it seems like we lacked it again, particularly with Byram. I think we still need Hagopun to push out damage until we can get our few other pieces right. that we're looking for. So Hagopun showed up into the second half of the game. Yeah. And made the mayhem have a much more competitive second two maps. Yeah. So I would say I, I watched the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So um, on Hollywood, mm -hmm. on Hollywood, Florida looked very competitive against Seoul. Actually, they were holding them. Yeah. There was a there was a reasonable chance for them to get them into overtime, but when they were on defense in the first place. But then then Florida pulls one of the ugliest C9s I've ever seen at the end of their defense. On Hollywood. <laughs> so, Seoul is coming in. They're in mm -hmm. that parking lot, basically, right yep. next to the trailer. And on the other side of the boxes, on the left side of the point, Seoul throws a grab. It catches, I think, two people. Right. Which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But the card is real close to the end. Well, your natural inclination as a team of professionals is we all want to be in the grab together to survive the grab. The card's too close to the end, boys. <laughs> Well, they all did that. They all jumped into the grab on purpose. People who didn't get caught in it. Mm -hmm. And the car just rolled right on in. And I was like, guys, this is not the play. That's not good. So because of that, Seoul finished with a little bit of time in the bank. Mm -hmm. And I, th I thought Florida was on their way to being able to hold them at least to overtime. Mm -hmm. I didn't think they were going to totally lock them out at point three. But yeah. then Florida comes in with their attack round. Now, Florida's attack ground looked pretty solid, too. Mm -hmm. But then once they get to that end area, into that parking lot, yep. they start to choke. Mm -hmm. And so it made me feel like, you know, here's Florida in a pretty solid position. Like, yeah. if that was the only map I'd looked at, I'd gone, yeah, Florida's doing pretty good. We have to work on our clutch ending plays, which is a thing that San Francisco had to work on at the beginning of the season. For sure, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. that was San Francisco's big weakness. That's why they have mm -hmm. three losses on the board from stage one. They couldn't get out their clutch plays. And then by the time they got to the stage finals, they were like, oh, look, San Francisco can play clutch now. Well done. Then they, then they became the stage two champ, uh, champions. Mm -hmm. So it was really great. So it made me feel like that. Uh, so I, I could live with that. I, I, uh, C9 was unfortunate, but I could live with the we're in a similar position to San Francisco shock. That feels good. Then we do the Havana map. The Havana map, I was Florida was decimating Seoul on the Havana map. Yeah. Florida understands Havana right now. Florida was running a bunker comp that was working wonders mm -hmm. against what Seoul was putting out against them. Mm -hmm. And they they hold them uh, in the middle of point two. Yeah. In that choke point that everyone's talking about being a really tricky choke point to get past. Mm -hmm. Then Florida comes in with their attack run. And is ramping it up against Seoul. I mean, they're doing great. They get right through point A, right into point B, and Seoul starts to hold them really well. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, one of those, uh, we're in that place where we just held Seoul. We don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. So then we finally cleanly win a team fight. Uh -huh. And one Zarya shows up. Uh, it's even, so, so how it goes on is... <sighs> And like literally everyone dies and they're just starting to do stall, right? It's into overtime at this point. They're they're stalling out, but you figure Florida's gonna win. All that's left is a trancing Zenyatta on the point that's put that's keeping them from moving into the yellow box of victory. Mm -hmm. So they're about to push in and then and then oh, this Zarya shows up. What does this Zarya do, Aaron? 
He grabs them, I think. He totally yeets a grab. It's not even Just like from... Zarya shows up and gets a grab. Like, if you know Havana, um, they're in kind of that, I want to call it's it a like brewery. a server room. Is it a brewery? It's a brewery. Um, it's like the top of the brewery back from, um, as you're running back from the team's the um, defender spawn, you'll run through it all the time when you do this map. Yeah. Um, and they, he just eats it from there, like all the way across and down and onto the point. Which, which really shouldn't be an issue because it's a single Zarya who just respawned yeah. who has no charge. And it, it had like five seconds of travel time. Zephyr, you should have eaten that. You should have eaten that. But they weren't expecting it. I think, I think hands were off the keyboard. That's... I want to go back and see, but I think hands were off the keyboard. Um, and then all of a sudden they get hit by this grab. The dude like does a sick, I think he almost, he gets a double jump off his right clicks so that he lands right on top of them, lands some sick damage, kills the squishies, it's a 3v3 and they clutch it out. With no charge. He does it with no charge. Yeah. Just... Like some people are calling it the Florida losing a 0v6 because it was a zero charge Zarya. <laughs> and he just wrecks them. Oh, it was it, hard to watch. It, uh, we felt went, really bad. Yeah, we went from doing amazing in this map yeah. to this. So talk and it was just a couple mistakes that kept us from going to potentially a map five with Soul, which would have been an incredibly different story from mm -hmm. everyone just making fun of Florida Mayhem for losing to a team they had no business doing good against right. in the first place, which, I, I don't know, you do you, Internet. Um, <laughs> That's true. But, um, like, we were that close. To being able to hold our own with them, which would have been nuts. Like a totally different storyline than what yeah. people are discussing now if we had won. Well, it's because our failures at the ends of these maps yeah. were so enormous. Right. I mean, for all the competitiveness you do, if you mm. can't close out the map, But think about wasted. all the praise Soul is getting. How different would it have been if they had went to map five? Right. They would not be getting the praise that they're getting now, That's right? That's true. And Lose they were to garbage this, this close to having it happen. Mm -hmm. So... I think there, even though it felt bad, um, like I know I felt awful the second, like it, we weren't even 10 minutes into the first match and Chris just dies. Um, so that felt awful. But like, I, I do think there are some positives here. We did go neck and neck with Hagopunin yeah. against Soul. So I'd want to see more Hago. I'm not sold on Byram yet. I mean, it was the first time on stage. Maybe it was nerves, something like that. Like I get it, but it does look like the, our Hagopun roster. Looked much stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's that's where we were. Mm-hmm. That's that's what happened. And uh, that's how that that's how that went. So I don't think I wasn't I wasn't gonna hit the panic button even after all this, right? Yeah. I don't think but, it's time but, to but what we're gonna get into next has me concerned. Yes. Okay? Because we are in stage three now. Uh-huh. And we have seen a lot of teams. Teams that we discussed last week we should be expecting to beat. Level the heck up. Yes. All right. So I'm not going to start with the teams I think we should beat. I'm going to start with the rain because they had the most difficult week in all of Overwatch League history yes. so far. It, it doesn't get tougher. It doesn't get any harder than this. The Rain spend two games this week, one against the Shock and another against the Titans, and neither of them looked bad. Yeah, no, they actually looked really good. Some people are saying, like, oh, they didn't really look good against the Titans, like, they stomped them. I'm like, they still went 3-1. This, this whole week, for me, 
reminds me a lot of like week two San Francisco Shock in stage one. When I'm like, hey guys, the the Shock look really good. And people are like, oh no, they got stomped no. by the Titans. And like, I'm talking to my friends about it. I'm like, they don't look that good, Brian. I'm like, no, they look good. Like these, mm -hmm. this is a team that looks like they're on the cusp of breaking into that top tier, which is super exciting for me. The way they're using their ultimates and keeping themselves alive. Like even when they got full held on Hollywood by the Titans, um, they had like a two minute slug fest with them. Like one fight went for two minutes and it's like, it's really hard to not get rolled over by the Titans it like is. that. Um, and the Titans were responding, but they were really making them work. And the Titans are just being, you know, what they are, extremely, extremely clutch. But the Atlanta Reign were like starting to do those right things where you're like, hold on, this is a team that's doing more than just the um, the kind of basic grab And I don't combos. think I've ever heard Monte Cristo compliment somebody's decision-making more than he complimented the Reigns' decision-making yeah. against the Titans. Baby mm -hmm. Bay is being really smart here. This is really smart. This is the right choice. It yeah. didn't pan out well, but that was really the best thing the Reign could have done. Yeah. Over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Like, the Reign are doing excellent. Yeah. The Reign were supposed to be one of our possible matches. Like they weren't our they weren't our must wins. Yeah. But for Florida stage, the rain in the rain in the Atlanta homestand where there's a the we chance of Florida maybe fans. That's a of us winning, maybe that's yeah. a chance of us winning. It's looking hard. It's looking less and less likely mm -hmm. by a long shot. Yeah, we're gonna have to see if the if the rain play up or play down to their competition. That's the one kind of criticism that mm. um, I've seen being thrown at them, and I can definitely agree with because like this is a team that's been taking down New York. And then losing to Guangzhou and the Valiant, right? right? So it's and then also going really close against the Shock and the Titans now. So is it are they just that good that they're taking down these top teams or getting close with the very pinnacle, um, or are they just playing to their competition? Right. I will add one caveat, and that is Atlanta Rain looked better against the Shock than they did that against the Titans, but. But the shock looked shakier. Yeah. Shakier than I've ever seen them. Yes, the shock I mean, definitely looked out of practice. They did not look right. So Made a lot of errors. Um, and the shock only played one game this week, so we won't really get to know where the shock is for stage three until next week. Right. This upcoming week. We'll see so if that's they just can the bring thing. back that dominance. I think they will get back into the groove of it. I think so eventually. too. But but they didn't feel like they're there yet. Yeah, I think so. they just kind of enjoyed the break more than anything like at this point like you look at the season standings even if they drop that match to atlanta rain not a huge deal like no you can't expect yourself to probably pass the vancouver titans in the overall standings at this point that's fair because they already have those what three losses yeah so let your guys enjoy a break they've been working their butts off like and i know san francisco shock started screaming before anyone i don't think they took a break in stage one because they were gunning for stage two. So these guys have been grinding for months with no break. Like they, they needed some rest. <laughs> yeah, they're looking real good. They're so looking real good. I think I think it's not too bad. Again. But overall I think even though Shock looks secure and that's why they went to map five, I think Atlanta looked just as strong in both matches. And considering so they too. had to prepare for the San Francisco Shock and the Vancouver Titans. That's a hard, hard week. It's not like you could have just prepared for the shock and then you knew you had mayhem coming up, right? Right. Like, two very, very hard teams. So to, to come out looking good in both matches, Reigns the team to look out for. Reigns the team to look out for. Agreed. I think they, they might be the third best team in the, in, the, um, in the league, and I think we'll get to find that out 
on Thursday, which is super exciting. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. true. Like usually you have to wait until playoffs. Like, oh boy, they're gonna go off what I think is like another top team. So, yeah. whoo, their schedules. Well, strong, New York's but... still looking pretty strong though against yeah. the teams that they're playing. So we'll get there in a minute though. Mm -hmm. we'll, get... well, you know, forget that. Let's get there right uh, now. Let's talk about let's New just York. Go, all this right. This is a weird so, week. So <laughs> New York had a weird week where they won their games as expected because New York. It's what they do. They win I mean, games. Yes, but they didn't win them as expected. No. They went, <laughs> did they go to map five against the Outlaws? They went to map five against the Houston Outlaws. So did like the Outlaws level up, or did New York level down, or did they just try to figure I, out how to play Sabiobi? I like, really don't know what happened. I'm going <laughs> to guess that they didn't prepare at all for the Outlaws that their focus was 100% on the Spitfire. And the Outlaws only that had that game to prepare for. Because that was a systematic dismantling when they played against the London Spitfire. They, it wasn't even close. They crushed the London Spitfire. Um, there were a couple times on attack where London looked okay. Um, but for the most part, just completely not even a competition. Right. Easy 4-0 for them. But then there's this Outlaws match. So everything looks normal starting. Um, you come out on control. New York runs their normal roster, their normal Nene, Mecco, Mono. I want to say, I want to say, I felt like Outlaws did better than expected even there, though. Yes, and they win that map. They win that map. They win control. Mm -hmm. But it's not like Houston hasn't won control in the past. Sure. They've they took... And control's a weird control map. People, just, people yeah. just lose control sometimes. Yeah, control... You can't always judge a control win. You have to look at the other three, um, the other three maps. Like I think Paris in their two games, they lost both their control mm -hmm. control matches and then won the other three because it's yeah. like it's a completely different style of Overwatch. It is. Um, it's true. So Houston wins that, but yeah, it was pretty surprising because I think if I remember right, Houston wasn't going at them with like triple DPS like when they beat beat Titans. They were just running goats into goats. And For they, some of it, some of it they were running Sombra goats. I feel like didn't yes. they do some Sombra goats? I think goats? they had, I think they had Dante. They put Dante in. on the Sombra. Um, they, 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 but they, but for the most part, I, I'd say about 80 percent of their yeah. play was just goats, and then the other chunk of it was mm -hmm. some little bit of DPS, yeah. a little bit of Sombra. And then we go to map two, and they sub in Sabilby for the first time all, all season. season, and we're like. What's, let's say Bilby doing it. And he, and he subbed in for Mecco. And you're like, huh. Rip Diva. So you have Nene, your Zarya player. And then you have Libero, your Diva player. And now you have, say, Bilby. And you know, the, honestly, the thought of Sombra didn't even cross my mind. I was thinking triple DPS. <laughs> that was my first thought. Um, and then, but it turns out they they wanted to run Sombra Goats with Sabiel B on Sombra. And I think the first thing that happened to him was he got, um... Wrecked. Just launched into the air by a Hammond and then direct rocketed by a, uh, by a Farah. It was... And then that was it. Um, oh, but man. that was and then, so, and the then, most fun I've had watching Overwatch in a long time. Oh, man, It was though. terrible Overwatch. Both teams played awful. But, <laughs> it really was. Oh, my gosh, it was meme magic. It was so much fun. Like, Sabiobi is just getting picked out of nowhere, like, right at the start. And then Nene does a classic Nene grab, catches zero people. We end up getting the Jake rat coming out. Like, it was 
an absolute clown fiesta. It was. Both teams looked terrible. New York won somehow. I think they both full held each other on point A, but New York full held harder. It was an absolute mess, and I loved every second it of was. it. It was. It was a disaster. It was so bad. Um, Nene was on Tracer, I think. Um, we even, Linkser was on Tracer at one point. We got to see like him losing a like a, a 1v1, I think, with We like, got to see Linkser's Widow a little bit, though, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah, Linkser was popping off hard on Widow, but never quite seemed to be enough. It was, um, it was nice. And Saviobi's Tracer was terrible, or not Tracer, Saviobi's Sombra was awful. It did not look He good. just ran head on into teams, threw his chance locator over top of them, and then he impede. It was the most predictable Sombra play I've ever watched. Yeah. But then, then the, you, like you said, it was a dismantling of the Spitfire, who looked yeah. exceptionally good. Mm -hmm. so, so it's hard to really say, like, I think New York looks good. Um, the only problem is, like, they have totally doubled down on this Sombra style. And at first, I was a little bit skeptical of it. But when I got to see it against London, a team they probably definitely prepared for, um, I could, I could start to see, and it makes sense to me, why New York would go this route. Um, I'm not sure they're just going to fully go Sombra Goats, or they're just practicing Sombra Goats as hard as they can, and then like against a team maybe in the playoffs, they'll like do a mixture. Um, but right now, their Sombra Goats is very te like telegraphed. Mm. Um, the only other team that maybe telegraphs their Sombra Goats this hard is um, the Shanghai Dragons. Because you just know. Because Ding just always has one. Yeah. Yeah. He always has an EMP. But, like, Sabiobi be doesn't have a Zarya from what we can see. Like, they sub out Mecho, so you know they can't fall back the Goats. Like, they are stuck on this summer version of the Goats. But it kind of suits their style, because if you remember in Season 1, their style was just Jonak carrying and getting picked. And they didn't change their style yeah. all Season 1. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot harder for them to do it and to do that kind of style of Jonak just to get picks. And so New York has been struggling. But now I was noticing during the London match, Jonak will get a good right click, and maybe he has to go through Brigitte armor so he doesn't get the full kill, but he gets someone low. At that second, that's when Sabiobi comes out of stealth and he just finishes off that target. So it it allows them to go back to that old, really that Jonak carry style. Um, even watching Sabiobi's style, like most teams who play Sombra Goats are to build EMPs. Sabiobi was going for picks a lot, and he was getting a decent amount of solo That's picks true. on some of the squishies. So I, I like what this seems to be opening the door for for New York. And I think if they have a strong Sombra Goats on good Sombra Goats maps, but if they can also play their good Goats on maps where it's a little bit harder to run that Sombra, yeah. um, I think this could be a good look for New York. Well, and um, I, saw a good, I saw a good post that basically said, last season... New York stuck to their same style all the way through to the playoffs, and it killed them. Mm -hmm. They said, this season, New York finally has added a second style to the repertoire. Yeah. They can still play GOATs, and they can play to a high enough level that they're the number three team in the league, right? Well, technically, Maybe. they're the number two team in the league right now because they actually have more wins than San Francisco does. Yes, technically. Right? So, I put them in the power ranking as fifth. Yeah, so... <laughs> the, the, I don't think nobody really thinks they're the number two team, yeah. but that's where they show yeah. up in the standings. But definitely argument to be made for. And third. so and so now here they are with adding this Sombra Goats look mm -hmm. to their thing. Now they can they swap in the middle of a map? No, because they are committing to it by putting in Saviobi or not, mm -hmm. right? But 
this does give them a second style to be able to use. And I think that's good. I think it's good for every team to have more than one thing that they could play. Yeah. That gives you the ability to craft a little bit of strategy around what you know your enemy's going to play most mm -hmm. of the time. Or if you just good. think a team's weak against Sombra Goats, now you could just run Sombra Goats. And if you think they're really strong against it, don't run it. Um, what I really want to see, which is a shame we're not going to get until possibly the playoffs, is now that I'm seeing them run out as a premier Sombra Goats team that very focuses on Sombra Goats, man, I want to see them go head-to-head -head with the Shanghai Dragons. Like, I want to see that yeah. so bad. Just like in Stage 1, what, I, what everyone wanted to see was New York versus Vancouver when we thought New York was that good. Um, now I want to see this, because I'm like, okay, these are what I consider probably like the third and fourth place team or the fourth and fifth place team if Atlanta Reigns really breaking in here. Um, yeah. I, I want to see I want to see them go head to head because they have very similar styles. I think to see the Sombra Goats be Sombra Goats would be And we haven't super seen fun. Shanghai play yet though for this stage. So we don't really know what they're going to do. We did see Shanghai play. Did we? Yes, Can I think I they I think they even played twice. They rose did I see three, two games? three rank <laughs> three spots in the rankings. Yeah, they Ooh. went from like 13th to 10th, you I think. More. What are you doing? So I think they played twice. I'm trying to remember the games they had. They were easy stomps. They at least played once. I don't think there was a single team that didn't play once this week. No, that's not true. I already know. I, I could tell you that that's not correct. Hmm. Because, uh... Who didn't play? Oh. Everybody played. There's only oh, 19 places. Oh, Shanghai played places. once, I think, against the yeah. Valiant. And they won 3-1. The Shanghai... Played against the Valiant, they won 3-1. That's correct. Yep. I, the standings for Stage 3 currently just only have 19 teams on them. So I don't actually know. Because two people are tied at 16. Are tied? Yeah, oh, yeah, Florida yeah, yeah, Mayhem yeah. and the Well, no, there's two, two people, people tied at 19, too. That's yes, confusing. well, they're tied at 19. So there's okay, no okay, okay, yet. you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so everybody played. I'm jumped anyway, up. Don't um, listen to me. We got to see the Shanghai Dragons, and they pretty much uh, handily dominated the LA Valiant. They made the LA Valiant look like fools. They had a really bad showing, a 30% fight win rate for their first match with Fact Fiction, and then they came back and won. I don't think you're going to go too in-depth to that. But I would say overall mm. it looks like a good change. Fact looks good on that team. Yeah, yeah. Not against the Dragons, but their second match, whoever they played, they looked really good against. Defiant? Ch uh, Chengdu. No. I think it was Chengdu. Chengdu. Yeah. Chengdu's having some struggles, which I don't yeah. want to talk about right now. <laughs> Anyways, um, I want to talk real quick. Seoul is flexing his 12-man roster again, which they seem to do every stage for a little bit. Yeah, it's very confusing. It is. And Wolf, at this point, seems to be convinced that what they're doing is we're not putting together a tailored strategy. We're putting together a tailored roster. You are completely in disagreement no, with this. No, because I thought this too. I thought this too in stage two, and then it turned out this totally wasn't the case, right? Like, we need to stop giving Seoul that much credit, okay? It looks like they just want to play their players. Um, my honest opinion, as after thinking about this, of trying to figure out what the heck is Seoul doing, I am fairly confident that these were live tryouts. We wanted to see how they perform on stage. Wow. I think they were. They knew they were going up against an incredibly weak schedule. They had the weakest schedule out of any team. They, they were did. playing the Florida Mayhem and the Guangzhou Charge. Incredibly easy for a team of their caliber, right? Sure. So they ran everybody. The only people who ever got subbed out were their two new players. Highly and, and Illicit. Illicit got subbed in for the two matches where they weren't playing the other three maps on map four in right. both of the games. So you saw every single member of the Seoul Dynasty, and you saw the new people more than anyone else. So they wanted to see how they performed 
more so than everybody else. So you had these solid rosters, and then they were like, okay, we're going to switch this one piece and make sure you're performing with the other team that you're not practicing as well because we're really going to sense how it's good true. you are. It really feels like they could – it really – I could see what Wolf is getting at because mm -hmm. that's what you – that's what I want to be the truth. Right. Like I want to find out Soul is tailoring their roster and making swaps based on the maps and the enemy team, mm -hmm. and he's going to dive into the full strength of having 12 people because of that. Like, because I think, I, I, I've said this a hundred times, I, I think that that's too. the future, right? I think that'd be really cool. But, but Soul has proven to us yeah. that that's not like, what they usually do. Like, last time we said that, they rolled out with this one t squad, and you're like, and then they switched it up the next time, and you're like, oh, man, they just tailored the strat. Like, this was, I think it was to beat New York, and, or something like that. They or beat like, New York by rolling out what everybody right, considered they, the, their the B team time, for the yeah. first map. Yep. And then they swapped it totally out for the other three, and it was like, oh, look, they've created a control specialist. Yes. Nope. That did not prove to be the case. Yeah, and then they just started running with that, and then there was another time where they thought we they ran this new roster with Fitz and Marvel, and they're like, oh, this is just, this is a counter to the aggressive play style of this team, yada, yada, yada. And then they just ran with that for the rest of the stage. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not ready to buy in this whole, let's give Soul this credit of their tailored they're tailor-making these teams for who they're going up against. I think they're really just trialing a few rosters and they're seeing who they like best. Um, there were a few interesting things to note. Like, um, in their first match, they played both their Zarya players. In the second match, they played both their Brig players. Mm. So that was weird. Um, like, they had Munchkin on Zarya now. Fleta has now moved to Brigitte, which I thought Fleta looked incredibly good as a Brigitte. I think as they move forward, Keep that boy on brick. Yeah. He looked really good. Like, I was I was getting some real Erster, Huxall-level vibes from the way he was controlling play. And get, granted, it was against Florida Mayhem. So we'll have to see how they perform against, like, another top-tier team. Yeah. But I really liked his play. And Munchkin, I always thought, was solid. But he also never stood out for me. But I feel like Fleda could really be one of those Brigittes that stands out, which is rare and can really, I think, give you an edge over some of those top teams. Mm. So I'd run with that. That's about my only comment of Sol. And then I say just uh, we'll see what happens. keep an eye out because they actually have a pretty interesting schedule next week. So this week was really easy. Next week for Sol is fairly difficult. So we'll be able to see how that actually looks. Yeah, I think they play Shock. I'm trying to remember the actual teams, because I know I told you that I was really interested in these guys. You did. But I'm totally blanked on the teams they're facing. But I think it's like, are they playing Dragons? I think they're playing... Soul plays the Rain. The Rain and the Shock. And then they play the Shock. There's the Shock. Yep. So they're playing the Rain and the Shock. So the Rain are a team on the rise, so that'll be a really interesting match to see. And Shock are one of our top teams. Yeah, and Shock are one of the top teams. So to see... Can they really split up this roster? And is that a good idea? We're going to find that out next week. Yeah. <laughs> or we're going to find out if they're even going to keep splitting the roster. Yeah. yeah, I think next week we'll really get a sense of what Seoul yeah. is. Because they were able to kind of fool around in week one. Next week, they, they need to be putting their best foot forward. All right. Now <laughs> I want to talk about the Gladiators. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's talk about the Glads. Let's talk about the Gladiators. Because the Gladiators did something that they only did it for one map, which frustrates the snot out of me. But the Gladiators put together an anti-goats composition. Mm -hmm. And it worked like a dream against the friggin' Titans. Yes. 
What? I was super excited about this. Oh, man. So they roll out on point A with their DPS comp. Mm -hmm. Which isn't a regular. Like, they've been doing this since stage and two. And other people have been doing this, too. Yeah. And having success with it. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, when teams go up against someone like the Vancouver Titans, they opt to go to GOATs. They're too scared to run their cheese comps. Finally, Gladiators double down and say, you know what? We're really good at cheese, fam. Yeah. Come at us. And it was this great. This is how to eat. It, it's true. And it was beautiful. And then they go to make the swaps, right? They got to get off this Mercy. They got to get off this Farah. Where are they going to go? What are they going to do with their tank line? Mm -hmm. And they switch to a May and a Batiste going into point B. Yeah. And everyone's like, what's happening? What's going on? This isn't goats. We're not mm -hmm. running goats into point B. You run goats into point B. It's what right. you do, right? And they're like, no. We're not going to run Ghost into point B. So they wind up with a May, a Batiste, a Sombra. Mm -hmm. um, May, Batiste, Sombra. A Soldier 76. I think Soldier 76 was A, right? I think he switched. No, he stayed for point B. I thought the I thought it was the K running Soldier on attack, and then he... Oh, are you talking about the attack? The attack run. Gotcha. I was thinking defense. Okay. No, 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 no. This is their attack run. Right. So May, Sombra, Soldier 76, yes. Batiste. Um, yes. I don't remember what their was their tank a, a breaking ball or was it a was it a Reinhardt? Did they stick with the Reinhardt? I can't remember what their I tank was. I think it was a wrecking ball. I think so too. One tank, and then I think they had a Lucio still. Yeah, that seems about right. And so, anyways, they run in with this triple DPS, but with Batiste comp, mm -hmm. with a weird set of DPS that we don't see a lot right now. Right? Yeah. You don't see Sombra, Soldier, and May together right now. And they did so good. They rolled right over top they of did, them. I loved what they did with the grab, too. So they get grabbed, and then the first thing they do is you see Immortality Field comes out. Health, The health field, which is brilliant from the Soldier 76, comes out. Like and then all the May left clicks. Put, yeah. Just left clicks. Freezes the whole Titan <laughs> squad. Because they're all just there in yeah, her snow. In her in, snow. Yeah. You know, freezing hands, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're all about half health and frozen. Decay has attack visor, just pops that, and then this team just gets decimated. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And so with the way that GOATS has to stay grouped up, mm -hmm. these guys went, we know they have to stay grouped up. We're going we're gonna to get in a position where they want to destroy us, and mm -hmm. we're going to take our main. We're going to use that to our advantage. They put the Maywall up behind the front line as well, yeah. so they split their team and froze the team that was in the front of the wall. Mm -hmm. It was a, just clean, and I wanted to see them do it again. Yeah. On points that have, you know, the reason this worked is because they had a little bit of a flanking path, mm -hmm. and they knew that the other team was, was going to come and there to stop them. And these sorts of styles are meta on Paris. Like, you see weird things on Paris a lot, and on Assault in general. That's where you see these bunkery comps. Like it has when to you're do with the approaches the to them. On defense. Yeah. So it seems like it's better on assault points. But I think you're right in that, especially against a team like the Titans, I think of all teams, Gladiators can translate this to other maps. I could see it work real well on first points of Dubani. Yeah, like, it, should, it should work on first points of assault. The only thing is you're kind of all inning because you know once you get onto the payload, it's going to be a bit harder to run this. Well, but that's, that's fair. That's fair. But you have to think about it. Once you get on the payload, you're basically in defense mode at that point, when, even as an attacking team. Mm -hmm. So it's a little tricky, but I can see it translating really well, and I want to see it translate real well. I've been saying for a long time that I don't hate the GOATS meta. I've also said <clears throat> I think the longer we stay <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. on a similar patch, the greater chance of an anti-GOATS comp showing up. 
And I think this is the first signs of that showing up in our Overwatch League. Yeah. <clears throat> we haven't seen, we've seen it a little bit in Contenders. We've yes. seen teams climb through Contenders with anti-ghost comps. Yep. Teams that don't scrim. <laughs> right. Let's make that clear. This team doesn't practice. They're just a bunch of friends who climbed through Open Division and now have climbed through all of Contenders. There's a team called Clockwork Vendetta. There's a lot of good content out there made for them. Like you could go watch at Breakdowns their comp. And but so, yeah, there's some interesting things that we're seeing. And so, so I want to like, see some of these comps show yeah. up in Overwatch League and try to debunk GOATs. There looks like there are GOATs breakers if you're willing to invest in it. Right, but you got to invest. And yeah. at this point... Shoot. Some, some teams might might just want to go ahead and do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's that. That's I think that's going to be real interesting for the stage three meta. Yeah. We have very we didn't have any changes really to heroes other than yeah. you know I think wrecking balls mines now if they land on a moving platform move with the platform. That's the change that we got for this stage. Yeah. Oh, uh, Diva's academy skin if she could wear it. Uh, there's something they write they wrote God Beyond in Korean on her gun Whoa. instead of something else. So, but... <laughs> but yeah, so there are like literally no patch changes, but we did, it does feel like there was a bit of a shakeup metal-wise, which is... Right, we're moving towards the Sombra interesting, Goats, and I want to see more no of these anti-Goats things show up. Yeah. I'm really excited to see that. So hopefully we'll, uh, we won't see them just disappear over time, because I felt like that's what we saw stage two. So hopefully we're, uh, we bunker some more, see some different stuff. Hit us, hit us with the weird fam. That's true, that's true. So now we're going to talk about third kits. Third kits. Mm. And what you're going to see on the screen right now is Alluramore's third, third kit tier list. Our power rankings. Our power rankings for third kits, which we will never see again on stage because they were only going to do them this week, which they is a little frustrating. They said that there might be, I, I, I heard, I was watching Watchpoint or something, and they said they were in certain weeks throughout throughout the um, the league. There might be another week maybe in stage four. Where I really just sort of want to see people use them for like but, blackout days and stuff. Yeah, but it seems like it's going to be on rare occasions. Let's get through the tier list while but, they're on the screen. Yeah, so though. these are some alternate jerseys. So um, this is what Alurimore thinks. So my top, my S tier. Captain of fashion. I, I am not the got. captain of fashion. <laughs> but my S tier is the Mayhem jerseys, the New York jerseys. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't at first, but ultimately I came to go, I think the LA Gladiators jersey de deserves to be in the S tier. I think these three teams looked at their fan bases, said, what do our fan bases want? What will they get from us and enjoy wearing with pride no matter what happens to us as a team throughout this stage? And I think these three teams hit the nail on the head with that. Um, Florida Mayhem knew that their people wanted the Miami Vice colors. They gave it to us without coming out as a giant pink shirt with blue accents, right? Because mm -hmm. that was a very real possibility. Or a giant blue shirt with pink accents. Yep. Right? And those are nice. And we would have loved them. But let's be honest, they would have been gaudy as heck, and there are only so many places we would have actually worn something like that. Mm. This kind of a shirt is a shirt that I think a lot of us will wear to a lot of places. I'm disappointed that they all have player names on them. Especially with a team like the Mayhem, who has been constantly changing their rosters, mm -hmm. I am concerned and also about has the longevity a lot of, uh, of my names of players that are no longer on the team. Yeah, well, everyone's got and that going for them right teams now. Are lacking players. That's player happening for everybody right now, yeah. but that, it's unfortunate. Yep. Um, I really like the New York jersey as well, with the New York Cityscape coming out of their flag. <sighs> so I think that's amazing. Clean. And the Gladiators jersey, I think, was a solid, just a solid general alternate design. 
Um, probably wouldn't have ranked it A tier or S tier just based on that. Probably would have been A or B. Um, but underneath all of that, they have the cool like Mexican stylized skull thing, mm -hmm. which I think is really slick. Now it's hard to see from a distance. You kind of have to be close to the people. But I think if I was wearing that jersey and I was standing next to a buddy, and they they would be able to tell that that's what was going on. For and sure. I think they'd go, "Whoa, hey, I I saw you walk up to me, and I didn't realize this cool thing about your jersey." And I think that's really neat. I think that's going to get a lot of um, attention. A and B tiers. Um, I've got um, the uh, the oh, Valiant and the Spark. <laughs> I got this. I got this. The Valiant and the Spark in A tier. They've got their logos on them. They're clean looking. Solid. They've altered their stuff. They're just solid jerseys. Yep. In B tier, I have the Justice, the Outlaws, the Uprising, and the Atlanta Rain. I don't love the Atlanta Rain's color, but I like their jersey style. I probably would have put them A if it had been a color I liked more. Washington Justice is in here because Washington Justice desperately needed to have three stars in their logo in the first place. And the fact that they put three stars on this jersey tells me that they finally <laughs> accepted that. And I think when you do that, you deserve at least a B in the <laughs> class for accepting that you've made a mistake. <laughs> Even though alternate, ultimately the rest of your jersey design isn't great. And I think the Outlaws call out to the Houston Astros was fun. And I think a lot of people appreciated that. Sure. In C tier, um, I've got the Fusion, the Shock, the Defiant, and the Spitfire. Spitfire's jersey is really well thought out about their as far as their color, mm. but the stuff that they have on it is just so boring. Yeah. It's the word Spitfire and some lines, man. I just I know that the, there's there's some sort of stylized plane hidden in yeah, there. Yeah, and it's like a I like the story behind it. Oh yeah, the like invisible pink planes. pink Spitfire planes that would fly at sunrise and sundown, and the pink would actually disguise them in the yeah. in the color of the sky. Like, that's cool. Like, I like that idea, but, like, they could have done so much more. I saw that these paint planes, when they went into war, they would have a black and white, like, a black, white, and black stripe on the tail, and it looks really nice. Like, imagine that jersey, but now put a black and stripe white. Stripe on it. And black, like, going yeah. down. Like, that would have been sick. It would have been slick. It just felt like they could have done a bit more, but um, I think it's, like, it, it's a pretty cool jersey. I've talked to some people I know who, like, really want to get this jersey. It's definitely, like, a, a good feminine option mm. for a jersey. Um, so if you're, like, someone who just wants to wear pink, like, it's a it's a nice jersey, but I, I feel like it doesn't do yeah. too much. It's, it, just, it's just nice. It's definitely not bad, but there's not a whole lot go, else going on on it. It's yeah. Just, then we have nice. Referee Fusion. Oof. I'll say no more. We have Camo Shock. I will, again, say no more. <laughs> <clears throat> that that's C tier quality as far as I'm concerned, and then um, the Toronto Defiant have the word six in a whole bunch of different languages on their shirt. Yes, there's a reason for this, but it's really hard for me to find like actually understanding what that reason is. Here, as, as <clears throat> someone who's in a relationship with a Torontonian, let okay. me break this down for you. So, the six is a nickname for Toronto itself. It used to be a bunch of different cities that have come together now and are just Toronto. It's like six how Decapolis used to be ten different cities. Got it. Sure. Um, and so the the rapper Drake began to refer to Toronto as the six, and it stuck. And now it's a term that people generally use to refer to Toronto. So it's the six. So and it makes C -tier. sense. C tier. It's something that people like. They like to make a little play on it too because you have six people playing Overwatch. 
the six, the six main starting roster. So understood. They, that's and cool. It's a very international city too. That's so cool. That's why that's I appreciate why that. I like that. Ugly jersey. <laughs> the the coolness of the six is not enough for me to rank it up from the C tier. <laughs> and then in D tier we have black on black, and that's like. Like, the Valiant and the Spark jerseys, which were generally black jerseys with their logos on them off to the side, were cool blackout jerseys for if you wanted to have a blackout game at home. Mm -hmm. The Fuel and the, and the Eternal jerseys are uncool blackout jerseys. The mm -hmm. only thing they're good for is being blackout jerseys. There's no other reason I can see ever to want to wear them. Yeah. The end. So next right. we're going to show you uh, Howler's tier list. Now let's talk about someone who actually knows fashion, fashion and how to I dress yourself. I don't care about All your right? fashion. S tier, New York Excelsior. This, this uniform just looks so clean. The whole, As you said, the cityscape coming out of the logo oh, slick. looks so good. The blue and white on the sleeve looks freaking great. I love the, the stylized lettering that they use for the numbers and the names and everything. This jersey is just buying a away the best jersey no surprise coming from the new york excelsior who already had the best merch has really good design teams just in general going for their social media their their merch this new york is just on point with yeah. almost everything they do except winning important games mm. <laughs> um but great great organization definitely like just buy and Away and above everybody else, except maybe like Philadelphia Fusion in certain areas. Um, a tier, I agree with you. Valiant and the Spark, very good looking. Um, I think Spark were, I almost wanted to put them S because the more I saw it, I was like, over the week, I'm like, you know, these are just clean looking jerseys. Mm, they the really pink, are. The pink really pops against the black. It looks so good. Um, I really like the jerseys. The the Valiant, I think, look even better in person. I really like how these jerseys look. I think it look, makes the players look better. It's a really good-looking jersey. I like that they get to play on their darker green a little bit more. They got to use the new L.A. symbol that they made with the little angel. With the little angel behind yeah, it. Yeah, it's really, it's really nice. Um, and then I put, which I think you put C tier? Absolutely. San Francisco Shock. This jersey looks clean, fam. Camo has been in for about the past year. I and I usually don't like camo. Um, Why? Why? Especially on in? white guys. Like it usually just kind of looks like a little like hillbilly-esque, right? Um, but I understand that camo's in. This camo looks so clean, and the way the orange just pops looks so nice. Those boys were looking fly on stage. That's a really, really good looking jersey that I think a lot of their fans are going to be wanting to wear. In Sacramento. Mm. Very. Er, in Sa San Francisco. Sacramento. San Francisco. Hello. Whoa. Hello. Um, but looking good, right? Looking really clean. B tier, I've got the Florida Mayhem, Washington Justice, and the Boston Uprising. Florida Mayhem, I really like these colors. I didn't love the execution. Um, it's just, just having, it's just our logo, just the palm bomb on the front like I felt like they could have done a little bit more um, I like the little palm tree little stuff on the bottom yeah. sort of but it didn't it just it felt like it was missing a little something it just I don't know it, it, it was lacking something for me there's there's more they could have done like I like the spark more than the mayhem 
mm. for certain, and it was basically the same color scheme. Um, the way they have it, like, they try to make it look like um, neon lighting, but mm -hmm. there's, like, these weird random breaks that make it just kind of look like it's, it's faded. It's really, I don't know. And there's something about it that just doesn't sit right with me. Um, I'm sad. The Washington <laughs> Justice jersey looks really clean. Definitely the best of the black on black on black teams. Yeah. Um, because they have a lot of other colors that pop. They put whites and reds on there, and they really stand out on the jersey. Um, and I like how it looks when you like get close that you don't notice all the stripes until you get closer to it. Um, so it's a pretty cool jersey. I really like it. And then the Boston Uprising. I had them actually in A tier for a little bit, but I brought them down to B. But it's it's just it's just a clean jersey. I like how the the logo looks against the black. The yellow and blue lines look really clean. It's just overall solid. B tier for me is just solid. S and A tier really good. B tier. Not too much to complain about, but definitely could have been better. I think there was more that they could have done. Sure. Then we get into C tier, and this is when we start to get into, ugh, like gladiators. You have them S tier. I, I think it's brilliant what they did. To me, this looks like your typical gamer gear. This is your, what mm. I would expect pre-Overwatch League, which, surprise, surprise, that this uniform is literally what their, uh, their academy team wears. Without the only difference is it doesn't say Los Angeles Gladiators on it, and it doesn't have the uh, Mexican skull art in the background. But otherwise, this is a copy I mean, and paste of their beat. Of it's, their beats. It's almost their, the uh, same style as the Valiant jersey is, though. I mean, I want you to really consider the Valiant took their logo and downplayed it a little bit onto the jersey, so it was off centered. Yeah. And then and the Gladiators took their big shield logo uh -huh. with their line in it and did the same exact thing, just yes. instead of black. They used the difference purple. is the Valiant have a good logo. <laughs> Oof. And I like how they didn't make it. Like, Valiant's logo jersey probably wouldn't have looked as good if they kept it bright yellow. That's fair. Um, I mean, I, I think... This, this huge white lion just kind of... It's very... I don't know. This whole jersey to me is very gaudy. Um, it just feels... It very, feels very eSports. Um, very typical eSports, but not just... The other jerseys felt like so so clean and a step above that I appreciate from the Overwatch League, and then this is just kind of devolved into all the other esports jerseys I would never put on my body. Okay. Um, so that that's my opinion of the Gladiators. I do like it that I like the the whole skull thing they had going on. Like that was a nice touch, but doesn't doesn't save the jersey, but at least puts them in C tier. Um, Dallas Fuel you had last year the blackout jersey. I don't think there's too much exciting about this, but I think it looks nice. Like, it's it's just a solid-looking alternative jersey. There's nothing overly bad about it. Um, I like how the colors actually blend. I like that their shirt is more grayish and then their logo's in black rather than the Paris way of going black and then gray, which looks really ugly in my opinion. I think the Dallas Fuel jersey actually just looks clean, and if, if you just didn't want to wear, like, the bright blue, it's a little more muted. Um, you just kind of, this could be a jersey that maybe you wear out more often if you don't care about, like, being seen and, like, what, what are you wearing? Like, what is this bright blue with the red jack-in-the-box? This is a very, it's a more tame. It's subdued. Yes, that's the word that's I wanted. What you a want. subdued look. So I like <laughs> it. Um, the, the Toronto Defiant, I get the style. It looks very Gucci to me. Um... I don't, I don't really like this style, but I appreciate that you did go for like something pretty fashionable, actually. And I could see people really enjoying this jersey because I, 
I can I can picture clothes and in, in like high fashion that looks similar to what the Toronto Defiant put out. Um, so overall, I think it's good. So I don't want to put them down, but personally, not my style. Sure. It's a little it's a little too too gaudy for me, I suppose. Um, and then the Spitfire, I've already kind of talked about with yeah. you. They they could they could have done more. It looks solid, but definitely. Mm. Just needed some. Just needed something extra. Uh, and then you got the D tier. So I already went over Paris. It's just ugly. You could hardly even tell. Like the gray hardly stands out against the black. And it just, the, it's not like the Dallas Fuel when you get close enough to see it and it looks kind of okay. Like it's just the giant, the giant logo is very similar to how the Gladiators did it. Like all going over their left side. I just don't like it at all. It's really that. <laughs> Um, the Outlaws, I appreciate the callback. It's still ugly, fam. Like, I, I see what you did. Good for you. I would never be caught dead in that. <laughs> All right? Just, well. ugh, no. Um, Atlanta, I actually do. The one thing I like about this jersey is the color. Ooh. When they first teased it, I was actually kind of excited for this jersey. I thought it was going to look nice. And then you get to their their left chest and just the the their sponsor in that ugly blue with then their name and just like straight black mm. and then the Georgia peach and not even just unstylized but just the straight up Georgia peach that you'll see at like the end of a Marvel film yep. or something like that it just bleh, it looks so bad and it kills the whole jersey for me because otherwise I think this could have easily been a C tier um, but that uh, no, can't can't deal with it. And then fusions, referee fusion, and then like I looked at the front and I'm like, oh, that's bad. But at least it can't get any worse. And then I saw the back, and they have like this black hexagon going on on the back side of it, and it looks so ugly. Oof. But anyway, yeah. There's um there's fashion with the Cowl fans. That's been fashion. This has been fashion week with the so, Cowl fans. So I'm probably gonna put out a tweet later on in the day for you to vote whose opinion you think is better, Alarmors or Howlers. So be sure to check out Twitter later in the afternoon if you're watching this right as it releases. This, or, is, not, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> or uh, go, go and vote on it, because I wanted us to argue more. But we kind of just laid our opinions out there and let us know who's right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, <laughs> so you already talked about Seoul and their games going forward. Yep. Um, you wanted to also mention, I think, at yeah. the Atlanta game. And so Atlanta's going to play Seoul, too. That should be a really interesting matchup um, for both of those teams. But I'm really excited about their first game. It's probably the game I'm looking forward to most overall. Um, and it's Atlanta versus Dragons. Mm. So now we had them go up against the two strongest GOATS teams, and they put on a good show. Yeah. Now they have to go up against the strongest Sombra Goats and the strong, I would argue the strongest, um, excuse me, Triple DPS team. You think? I think Shanghai Dragons are stronger than Chengdu right now at Triple DPS. Oh, 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 the, they're simultaneously the strongest? Yes, I would both. say they're strong at both. So okay. they could run these Triple DPS looks on attack on assault, and I think they're the best at it. But when they need to run Goats, they could run Sombra Goats, and I think they look the best at it as well. Um, I, I, I have Shanghai Dragons at fourth on my power rankings. I had them fourth coming in. I still got them there. Um, really, really strong team, I believe. So I think this is going to be the next challenge for Atlanta. Like, okay, you could beat these teams. Are Sombra, is Sombra Goats going to trip you up? Or can you crush Sombra Goats the way San Francisco and Titans 
yeah. can do. So, man, Atlanta have such a hard stage. They do. They do. <laughs> At least a hard first two weeks. Like, man, these they are really some leveled up over that playing. break, though. But I think this is good for them. I think this is this is like a trial by fire. They're gonna get a lot of experience out of these first two weeks. And I could, uh, this is a team I just see once they finally get to start playing easier teams, they can start bodying them and then really starting to practice well, a lot of the things. And they're already and then, in 12th right now. So if they just keep this coast in mm-hmm. the right direction, they're going to pretty much be but in the But they need to win these two, one of these games if they want to get into playoffs. That's fair. Right? Yeah. So they need, they, you do still need to win. Because I think this is a team that by the time they get the stage playoffs, could, could potentially upset potential over the San Francisco Shocker Titans. Uh, like, no one, most people going into stage one weren't expecting San Francisco to give the Titans as much of a challenge as they did in the stage playoffs. Yeah, for sure. That opened a lot of people's eyes. I think Atlanta has a chance to do this to the, in stage three, but they need to make it there. This week might be their roadblock to stop that from happening. Okay, all right. But I'm really watching out for that Dragons match. Should be really fun. All right. Next week, Florida is going to play the Paris Eternal. Now, the Paris Eternal leveled up over this break. They definitely did. They definitely did. They were one of our must-wins in this stage before we hit I the I was thinking button. they were maybe even the 19th worst team. You're right. Like, I did not have high hopes for this. I got to be honest with you. It's hard for me to say who is 18, 19, and even 17 right now. Yes. With the way these teams have performed this week. I would agree. Um, the only for sure thing I know is Florida is definitely 20th. And I think the gap between the 20th and 19th is growing. I, I would, I would, we're bottom three. I'm not sure if we're definitely 20th. We might be able to beat Justice. It, Again, we did perform pretty good on those last two maps. We did, so we did. It's, a, it's just unfortunate we had a tough schedule, but like Justice did not look against good against the fuel either, right? So it's hard to say at this point. I think the bottom tier, um, I don't know. But we're definitely bottom two. We're definitely bottom two. I'll go for that. And I feel like the gap, like I said, I do feel like the gap is getting wider. I feel like Paris has definitely leveled up. And if the Outlaws game earlier this week was anything to go by, Outlaws have also leveled up. Yeah, if that was actually them just performing well and not New York performing bad, Outlaws Even if it was a combination of the two, that puts them both solidly middle of the pack at that point Mm -hmm. instead of bottom versus top. Yeah, and it's not like they be... The Paris Eternal beat Boston Uprising, who were a pretty good team, to be honest. Like last stage, they've, they've so. taken some big wins. So there's something to watch out for. Uh, I definitely feel like um, the move to Donnie to Zarya was a really good move. Because the reason I thought Paris was not very good is because Soon was just so bad at Zarya. <laughs> He's just awful. But now they moved Donnie, and he was the most impressive part of the team for me. Um, like, I, I still don't think Ben Best is better than LH Cloudy, but Ben Best looked good because Donnie's bubbles were just so good. Like, I don't think Ben Best beat Fusions, even though it looked like it in the Ryan v. Ryan matchup, but Color Hex never had the right bubbles for him to stand up against the bubbles that were being given out by Donnie. He was incredibly on point by giving it to the Ryan when, it, when he needed it, using it on somebody else when he needed to peel using his personal bubble to survive if he was getting focused. He had incredibly good bubble management. His ults looked solid. His target his um, target, target selection. selection looked very yeah. good. So this is a team that looks and it's way worth- better than I thought they were going to look, which is scary having to go up against them now. Right. It's also worth noting, I think, that 
Um, and I, sometimes I say this and then it turns out the next week to be false, but I, I still want to notice it and take note, is that Paris did their best play this week on defense. True. They did their best play on defense. So now I've said that before about teams. And then the next week, their defenses have looked abysmal. <laughs> so it's really, it's really a hard thing for me to st- keep saying. But I think it's, I just think it's one of those things that's worth taking note of. If that continues to be the case, it might be in Florida's best interest to mostly prepare attack strategies to overwhelm their defenses. Yeah. Right. This is how they defend. This is how we overcome that defense. Those kinds of things, I think, would be smart decisions. I think Florida Mayhem, I think the ticket to um, beating Paris is figuring out how to force bubbles. If you could force bubbles out where you want them, not where Donnier wants them, right. I think this team falls apart. Because I still don't think Paris is that good. Got to win the um, bubble battle. I, I'm just impressed by their DPS. But I, I think their support line is pretty exploitable. Um, and then I definitely think the Rind v. Rind is exploitable if you can get past this bubble battle. Um, but we're lacking the damage, so I don't know if we can do that. So really the big thing, Florida, just work on killing people. Up your damage, and if you can up your damage, I've honestly seen you guys have good fundamentals and everything else going on. You just need to be able to make what you're doing scary. Yeah. Pump the damage. If you can figure out how to pump the damage, you already have so many good practices in place that you can really start to capitalize on. That's all I want to see from Florida. Force out those bubbles. Put in some damage, some good shield pressure. Um, and Florida's good at being patient. I think with this Paris team, you need to be able to be patient and peel away from their attacks and patiently push in until you see that right moment. Um, and then I think Paris can be exploitable. Because if you just try to push in wildly, they're going to counter it. They're good at that. But if you take it patient and wait until you see, okay, bubbles out, shields low, go. Yeah. If you wait for, if you wait for that moment. But your go you has go. to go. Yes, but it can't, it can't be a week go, and that, that's been our problem. It's been, right. been too weak. But it looks like it's going to be a tough stage. Like our, our two most winnable matches are starting to look less and less Less winnable. and less winnable. Like it's... now I'm like, can we play Chengdu? <laughs> <laughs> like where, let me go against Washington. They're looking bad again. Yeah. So it is what it is. We've got, what, we've got the stage we've got, and we will be here behind the Florida mm-hmm. people. Just um, because that's what we do. Look forward to phase to, to stage four. Yeah, hopefully. So that's that's going to be the end of our show today. Thanks for joining in, tuning in, joining us. Man, I'm trying to rewrite my outro and I just tanked it. And I just that's all we've got today. Thanks for tuning in. Big thanks to Popped Off for all their support and help that they give us. Remember, we're available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all major podcasting platforms. Mm -hmm. Make sure to follow us on socials. Rate us on whatever platform you choose. um, And uh, tune into the socials for all of our news, behind-the-scenes looks on the Instagrams. A little bit of an announcement. Okay. Um, If you're watching this on Monday and it's not too late in the evening yet... At 8.30 p.m. Eastern, me and Alurimore are going to be guesting on the Push the Point podcast. It's going to be hosted live on Twitch. We'll put out some links to that on our socials. We'll tweet about it when we're about to go live so that you can tune in. And come join us. It's going to be a fun thing. Um, I got to 
hang out with some of these guys after I did that um, podcaster. The panel. The podcaster panel in the stage break. It was super fun. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to talk with them again and be on the show. So definitely be on the lookout for that. It's going to be your first time being more of a guest than a host. So I'm excited well, we did the We did the interview. Yeah, but you were still hosting. Oh, right. Oh, no, no, no. that yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. With, um, with, with Owl, with Owl, right, Owl Network. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but it should be a good time. And um, I'm, I'm going to try to be, you know, interacting with chat when I can. So feel free, chat with us. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Yeah. So thanks once again for being here with us. I'm Alurimore. I'm Haller. And you've been watching Cowl Fans. We'll see you next time.